My name is Bonnie Landry. I'd like to welcome you to my podcast with my co-hosts, Elizabeth and Christina, where we explore the questions about homeschooling and family life and how we can make joy normal. So good afternoon, my listeners. This is another part of our series on creating the homes that we want for our families. And today, Christina is bringing some questions to me about order and how that plays into creating the kinds of homes that we want to raise our families in and that will foster the, the attributes that we want in our family life. So, hi, Christina. I feel like it's been so long hi, since I've seen you. I know. I guess it has been. I'm glad. So glad to be back. It's, it's wonderful. wonderful. Yeah. So, so thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. So I kind of gave you the topic and said, you know, can you come up with some questions around this? Because I think it's such an important topic when we're talking about creating homes. So yes. I don't know how you did with that. Well, but. mine is, I mean, I'm not actively homeschooling, although I kind of am because life is educational, (laughs) but I don't have formal anything right now because my oldest is four and a half and I have a two-year-old. So my question is really more like when your children are really, really young and they can't help a whole lot with keeping the house orderly and tidy (laughs) and all of that and to make things worse when they're trying to help or, you know, and I'm all for like giving kids age appropriate responsibilities and help teaching them to chip in and all of that. But, you know, there are days when I just look at the mess in the playroom and I think, you know, it's not worth it to me to clean this up right now. Like (laughs) it's going to stay and tomorrow It'll just, it'll be a new day (laughs) and and we'll clean up tomorrow night, you know, or whatever. And like, part of me is like, is this, am I setting a really bad precedent? Is this going to be a terrible habit to get in, you know? And part of me is like, no, this is actually what's keeping me sane right now. Because if I were worried about constantly keeping everything perfectly neat and tidy, I would, that would be my full-time pursuit and I would not get time to play with my kids or read a book or listen to a podcast or connect with anyone on a human level. Like I would just be in my house all day, constantly following my kids around cleaning up messes. I hate the word balance, but how do you find the the virtuous middle ground of being acknowledging that the season that you're in with small children is just going to be a little bit messier, a little bit more untidy and you know, that your children will be, as they grow, able to help more and more. But also, you know, getting things tidied up and cleaned when it's appropriate. Like, Well, I'll tell you something. You know, I'm not, I, I mean, I have heard people say, you know, we shouldn't be striving for balance in this, in this, you know, these seasons of our life that are so hard. I think it depends how you define balance. Yeah, that's why I said virtuous middle middle ground. Yeah, exactly. That was a that was a really good way of describing it because I think that that when when I talk about, you know, if I talk about balance in my life, balance was what that meant was deciding how concerned I was going to be about the different areas of my life. So it was more of a mental balance as opposed to a balance mm-hmm. of my temporal environment, right? Mm-hmm. That how am I going to sort of get through this part of my life and and not feel stressed out all the time or not feel like I'm doing a bad job or, or all of that. 
So I think that more it's sort of um, an attitude of balance as opposed to finding a balance where you equally sort of give yourself to all the various you know things in your life. Because the reality is that in this stage of you know where you're at right now, in this stage there is you're so heavily weighted toward the neediness of your children and needing to address that. And that's really, really important to me that, that I address that at the time. And I will, I will never look back on that and, and regret the fact that I gave up other things to address the neediness of small children, right? That was important for me to be there at that time. And so I think that we need to literally remind ourselves every single day that this is a season Mm -hmm. and it's a short season and it feels long. And that's where I think that it can be, you know, can be difficult. So, so if we know that it, it's a short season that feels long, somebody described it as uh, the years are short, but the days are, (laughs) you know, and that's so true, right? We're so exhausted by the end of the day. I noticed even like with my own daughters, who's their oldest, just are sort of six, you know, turning, just turning six. And, and what a difference it is, even from two years ago, to see a six-year-old, like, because they're playing, the six-year-old and the three-year-old, or the six-year-old and the four-year-old are playing, you know, while the toddler is making all the mess. So you have less, sorry, what am I trying to say? Less mess makers and more mess helpers, right? And more independent people. And so for every passing year from this point forward, and I remember experiencing this, yeah, you know, from now my oldest daughter was four years older than the next one down, right? So I mean, in some ways, that was a bit of a leg up. And at the same time, you know, I was, you know, in, in a seriously traumatized state. So it wasn't a leg up. I yeah. don't know. But anyway, at the time, I was grateful that that I had that but a four year old still not you know, super capable. Yeah. But by the time she was seven or eight, you know, she was absolutely capable. By the time she was six, she could put on her own shoes, zip up her own jacket. What I needed to do was just considerably less. And then they moved from that phase of being independent and helping, you know, helping themselves to actually being able to help another sibling. You know, can you find so-and-so shoes? Could you, you know, uh, you know, and we don't want to overload them, but we do want them, you know, to be helpful. And if, we're, if we really encourage them in that young stage of of being a helper to me, like that's, wow, that's so awesome that you can do that for me. You know, oh, can you run and get a diaper for the baby or, or whatever that, you know, that's a beautiful thing and teaching yeah. them to be helpful oh, yeah. in a really beautiful way. You know, from the point that you're at, you know, Joseph's four and a half, over the next two years, there's just such a blossoming of, of ability you know, but we kind of are traumatized. I think that's why a lot of people stop at two kids because we're traumatized from the first five years. <laughs> I, know. I do too. I do too. Well, because it, and this is what I keep telling my husband is that I can't leave them alone for any period of time, like longer than two minutes. I cannot leave them in a room yeah. by themselves or they will go at it. Because they're toddler preschool boys and they don't know how to communicate with each other because one is two and can barely talk. And the other one is four and a half and has his own ideas about how he wants to play. And he has rules in his mind and Nico can't understand those rules. So he gets really upset. And then there's, you know, all hell breaks loose. And I I literally cannot leave. At all times, exactly. Like they have to be within my sights at all times. There's no, (laughs) there's no like 
going to their room and play by themselves while I get something done. And I was going to make a timeline for Christian the other day um, when he wasn't here. He had like a late, late work event and I was trying to clean the kitchen Yeah. <laughs> while also taking care of my two boys. And every time I got into the groove, like wiping down the counters or putting the dishes away, something would happen. Someone fell and needed me to like hug them and nurse them. Someone got mad at someone else and hit them. Someone, you know, needed another snack. Like there was just some interruption and it took me a total of like two hours to clean the kitchen completely. Yeah. I mean, a, a 20 minute job, that's yes. basically if we think, okay, I'm going to get this thing done in 20 minutes. No, allow yes. an hour and a half for it because that is yes. what it's going to take. You know, when you're, especially when you're on your own. Well, one of the things that I think is is super helpful, and not it's not accessible to everybody, but I think for most people, if we think creatively, we can get help in some way. We have to remember that, you know, back in the day when people were having big families, we lived in much tighter communities. We lived in villages. We lived in neighborhoods. We had a much better community network oh, than yeah, we do totally. today, right? We live pretty isolated lives, right? And so... We don't have to think, well, my mom did it. You know, I mean, my mom, we weren't a Christian family, but my mom, you know, when we were little kids, all the moms on the street had little kids, you know, and even the thing like, where, where when the older kids went to school, they would just knock on each other's door. Hey, can we have coffee? And she said, that's just like you coffeeed at someone's house or someone was over for coffee at your house every day when the kids went to school. And just the, just the offloading of kind of what kind oh, of morning totally. you had even is just so helpful. Right. And so, you know, we just don't live like that anymore. And so we have to, I think, create communities, first of all, but also I think we need to get help if we can. And sometimes that's like hiring a homeschool girl, right, you know, to come in, or, you know, sometimes a boy, if it's boys you have, you know, to go bounce on the trampoline with your kids, or, you know, run around the yard with you, your kids or whatever, something to give you a little bit of support in whatever way that looks at this time when things are so intense, because we don't always, I mean, if you have a, a mom or a sister or some person who can come into your house a couple of times a week and, and help you out, awesome, right? But so many yeah. of us just don't have that. And so if we can, it's pretty reasonable usually to hire somebody, a homeschooled girl or, you know, a homeschooled kid or whatever neighborhood kid, Others you know, her. that's 12 or 14 that you, that, you know, is reliably helper, especially if they come from a big family themselves, right? There, there's... So that's such a helpful thing. That was something I had done over the years off and on that was so amazing for me in terms of that I knew that every, you know, once or twice a week, I was going to have somebody come in for two, three hours and either they would do some light housework or they would play the kids or I would go out or, you know, like, I mean, just yeah. whatever mm -hmm. I needed, I would, I would uh, have, you know, if that's not available to you, if that's not financially viable, then if you can think about maybe doing some trading off with another mother, I think that that can be really helpful too, that, that whether or not you, you know, can have somebody who's a good enough friend that you could say, Hey, can we help each other just clean house? The kids can play and we can be there, but we can be folding laundry together or we can be, you know, scrubbing down the kitchen together or whatever, or you take yeah. my kids for an afternoon. I'll take your kids for an afternoon and we can get some things done, right? That that's, this is obviously has to be somebody you have a fairly intimate friendship with because yeah. you know, you, you want to yeah. know that, uh, that that's all going to go well and that your kids are comfortable and all of that. But you know, 
I've always felt like we don't need a huge circle of friends, but we need one or two friends close enough that we can just bear it all with them. If you don't have that, pray for it because uh, prayer is a remarkable tool to be able to get some of those temporal needs met. (laughs) So if you don't have a family member, really, really pray about uh, a friendship that could perhaps fill that gap. And maybe we need to consider too, that maybe I, I need to bear my soul a little bit with somebody to see if they're the kind of friend that I can do that with. We, We can do that with each other. Yeah. You have to be vulnerable. Exactly. And allowing yourselves to be vulnerable. Like I feel like I'm falling apart. I, and I don't know how to cope. Um, or I'm just, I'm so overloaded right now in these years. And I know this is a season, but, and if you start conversations like that, that person might say, Oh, me too. Oh my gosh. And you could say something like, okay, maybe, you know, have an idea. Maybe we could somehow find a way of, of creating an environment where we could help each other. And that might look different ways for different friendships, but certainly that would be, you know, if somebody lives fairly close to you, that would be great to either spar, you know, uh, off with kids or to get together and, and help each other, you know, doing those jobs that are hard to do. And if the kids are helping, you know, the kids are keeping each other busy really while they're playing, you know, you know, planned activity or an outdoor activity or whatever. You live in a good place. You personally live in a good place for that because it doesn't have to be indoors necessarily. And outdoors is just such a great place for moods to improve. So, so that's one thought. Well, this past Friday, actually, um, I and another friend of mine who has three boys, we, we both went over to another friend's house who has four kids and, helped her. We watched all the kids, like all the kids played together. We, she has a little baby. So one of us held the baby, you know, took turns holding the baby. Um, who's like eight months and she and her husband painted their driveway because they're getting it ready to sell. And we really needed like a chunk of time to paint the driveway and they didn't want to hire a babysitter because that's a lot of money. And even though they have family in town, it was during the work week and nobody could come and help. And so they knew both of us were at home moms, so we could probably do it. And it's a lot yeah. to ask one person to bring their kids over and watch four other kids. So having both of us there, both other moms, and we all know each other really well. And it was just like, it was so fun. It was actually... I was going to say, it probably felt like a party. It did. <laughs> a really great play date because my friend and I Aww. that were watching the other kids, we got to talk a lot more than we normally get to talk because all the kids were occupying yeah. themselves and just playing together and it was such a great time and that's because we have this family group that we meet with a couple times a month um and all the families get together and the adults pray together and share you know intentions and everything we reflect on the gospel for sunday together and the kids play and then we have a big meal that's like potluck and um we've been doing that for almost three years now We've got three families that have been pretty like st- steady. There's been a couple of families who've come and gone, but three of the three of the families are like pretty solidly there. It's been such a gift because right. my friend Kate and I do share some of that kind of like childcare stuff. She's come over and watched my boys before. Mm-hmm. Um, she's about to move, so I told her she can bring the boys over anytime she needs to while she gets some stuff done at the house, whatever. Nice. And she's a little bit further ahead of me. Yeah. She's like eight years younger than I am, but she, her oldest is six and her youngest is um, 
like 19, 20 yeah. months. So she has the perspective of having like a big kid and what difference that makes in, you know, dealing with even something like this, when you're watching her kids, her, if her toddler is sad, they will go to the older sibling, yeah, right? Exactly. You know, exactly. Like, what's totally a beautiful different. thing to see? It's a totally different thing. Nice that your friends were vulnerable enough that they could say, Hey, we really, really need this help. Right. Yes. Because it yes. makes you also more able to say, Oh man, I, you know, knowing that they're the kind of people you can do that with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it does. It gives you the freedom to ask. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a gift. And they, yeah. and we all live in a very like close kind of area mm-hmm. in terms of a city. Like we live close to each other. You know, if it were a small town, we'd be living like yeah. towns apart from each other probably, but it works and it's really, it's such a gift. And I know not everybody has that. And I have family in town, but the problem is that my siblings and I who live in town are all having kids at the same time. All of our kids are the same age. We're all in the same season. (laughs) And so we kind of like fight over my mom and who gets to have her come help. And yeah. So right now my sister just had a baby six weeks ago. So she's obviously got dibs and I'm not going to ask my mom to come over when I know she needs the help. (laughs) But it's funny because yeah, I mean, even if you do have family in town, you still need to have that community, that backup. And I know so many women who don't have that and it, and it's so hard to envision having more children when you're feeling like you're drowning in just one or two and you can feel so easily like you're drowning when you don't have people, (laughs) you don't have your community. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So did you have other thoughts or questions around that same Um, topic or other, or or, or (laughs) on a different topic for that matter? Uh, I think (laughs) just, you know, cultivating a sense of order in the home when you have, just what seems like constant (laughs) mayhem. I guess my question is, how do you instill a love of order and a love of, you know, a desire to contribute to the order of the family and children so that like it grow? Like, when did you see that kind of that interest in contributing to the design, to the order of the family, um, start to blossom in your kids? Or was it sort of like a temperament thing where some kids more inclined to that and other kids weren't? Was it something that you, you constantly were kind of working on as part of your family culture? Yeah, I would say both. And I mean, I certainly think there's a temperament aspect to it. Some kids are just more inclined towards order and, but it was also something we were, you know, sort of constantly working on. I think when kids are raised with, order like if if life isn't chaotic and you know maybe visually overstimulating and we all have different levels of of how much sort of visual stimulation we can sort of manage over time but that we would you know some kids they just naturally want to keep the room tidy for example they sort of hit a certain age and it just matters to them that things are tidy and well ordered and some kids it's just not that big of a deal hello sweetheart how are you we have some company here today. <laughs> and 
you know, so I think that that it's something that you have to be fostering by doing it, but also sort of by by talking through it and by appreciating it as well. And so, I mean, order is one thing. I think some people are, are naturally drawn to order, but there's 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 beauty in order. And I think we're all drawn to the beauty of order because it just feels so good to be in a well-ordered environment. And when, when I talk about well-ordered, that's a very big phrase to me because I don't just mean that, you know, things have a place and that, and they go in that place, but also that our, our time is well-ordered and our uh, activities are well-ordered that we, we don't over busy ourselves or we don't, um, you know, overstrain ourselves or we make sure that our prayer life is, is priority and whatever. So there's many aspects to order. Uh, but in terms of just physical, temporal order of your space, I think that that really speaks volumes to the soul, right? And I think it's very difficult to put beauty into your environment when there's absolute chaos. You know what I mean? Because you don't see, like, say you have a beautiful flower arrangement or you have a um, a beautiful picture or whatever. It gets lost in the clutter when we are, you know, living chaotic lives. So, I mean, it does speak to that the, the, the early we are in the season of parenthood, you know, like where you are right now with, you know, two very busy little people that we need just less stuff, right? Even if it means that, Mm. that a bunch of stuff just gets either put up or put away for this period of time, uh, that, that it's easier to have order when, you know, you don't say have, uh, you know, house plants that your kids can get into or, uh, you know, knickknacks that your kids can get or sort of, what was that? Sorry. All of my plants are up way high. Yeah, exactly. And they have to be at this phase of the game, right? It would be ludicrous to, you know, you'd be every time you turn around, there'd be dirt on the you know, on the floor or whatever. Not that that in and of itself is a problem, but the the multiplication of disorder from all the various things that are are, you know, in your space makes it hard to stay on top of things right and so again like minimizing you know even toys like i think you know we always had a really good variety of toys for our kids but you know it's okay during the summer months or the spring months to just take all the lego and put it away right so that you're not dealing with lego mass or you're not dealing with building blocks or whatever when you want to be outside because the more you have to put away in yes. indoors, you know, the the less time you're going to end up spending outside, right? So just keep our lives fairly simple so that we can have an environment that feels orderly and therefore beautiful, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you think cuz sometimes I have this thought like, oh, I'm I should be putting all these systems into place now, like cleaning systems and laundry systems and all these systems, because right now I kind of just assess what needs to be done and do it kind of on an as needed basis, because that seems to work fine. It's not stressing me out. It's, I don't feel like I'm constantly drowning or behind or anything like that. But I know someday when I'm homeschooling, I'm going to probably need a much more structured kind of way of handling all the housework. And part of me is like, why make things more complicated than they are right now when this is like the simplest time I'm ever going to have in my life probably as a mom. But then part of me is like, but will I wish that I had done something sooner, you know, when I get to that point when I'm formally homeschooling. So I don't know what you, if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, that's a great question. 
kind of? Uh, well, I would say that that if whatever systems you put into place at this point in time, they should be very, very, very simple, like just structuring a habit that is is sort of s- super simple. Uh, you know, I mean, really, this, what you're doing right now from a time perspective is actually, you know, in a sense, harder, depending on how you choose to homeschool, of course. But if you homeschool in a sort of organic way and you minimize what, you know, busy work and all of that um, and headbutting with your kids, like that's really important. You know, that you, most people spend a lot of time, not most people, but lots of people spend a lot of time headbutting with their kids about getting things done. So yeah. if you, if you take that out of it, and sort of that's a bigger conversation, but if you take that out of the equation, homeschooling doesn't take nearly as long. <laughs> and so for me, right, you know, I exactly. was always done early in the day, usually done by noon. And, and then I would have an hour or two earmarked for in the afternoon after we had lunch together to, to get my housework done, but I didn't try to do housework while I was homeschooling. So this kind of systems like him and I would think something as simple as, uh, okay, I make sure that the counters are wiped down before I go to bed at night, or I make sure that the dishwasher's loaded, you know, things like that. Not everybody has oh, yeah. even thought that. I certainly didn't, you know, to start out, I was very like scatterbrained, uh, you know, and I had to learn things. It took, it was long. I was raised in kind of, uh, my parents are, they're wonderful people, but they, were, we just kind of lived in chaos all the time, right? Things were always a mess and we were always running out of stuff and, and all that, right? So, you know, it was, a, it was, I had, I didn't have skills that I brought into motherhood in terms of keeping order. I had to learn that. For me, uh, doing something is just as simple as, okay, every morning mm-hmm. I'm going to throw a load of laundry in, right? And then we're going to, you know, in the morning we're going to play and we're going to, you know, read stories or whatever we, you know, we sort of like start to build a bit of structure into your day. Some people, I think you're probably a naturally, fairly naturally structured person, right? But some people are not. And so really, really simple structure, I think helps you step into the homeschool environment better because, you know, okay, well in the morning we have playtime or story time or we go for a walk or whatever we do. And in the afternoon, we actually did an episode on that, not, I can't remember. I think it was with Elizabeth a few months back on kind of how to get started, like how to build. And it was more not how to start homeschooling, but how to build routine with your young kids, you know, and you don't need to have a lot of routine and your routine needs to be extremely flexible. But I think kids really benefit from knowing, oh, in the morning, mom reads to us and we play and we, you know, going to fill their tanks, right? Which is why I always homeschooled in the morning because I wanted to be pleasant. I wanted to be joyful. I wanted to... Uh, start the day off where I'm filling my kids tanks. And so if you homeschool in such a way that fills your kids tanks, that's going to be very helpful. (laughs) You know, but if that's your habit when before you're homeschooling, fill the kids tanks in the morning, then they're generally happier in the afternoon. No guarantees. You know, motherhood is motherhood. You might have a bad afternoon or somebody's teething or whatever. But in general, if we spend time filling their tanks in the afternoon, then they're usually happy playing for a while, you know, and then, you know, we can say, okay, well, this is the now that they're happily playing, I'm just going to go, you know, fill the dishwasher or I'm just going to go fold my laundry or whatever. Also, the more we can do with them, like sort of in the room with them. It's really helpful. So like if you can fold your laundry on your kitchen counter, say if they're playing, if your main play area is near your kitchen, bring your basket of laundry, fold it up on the kitchen counter. Yeah. Just don't fold it too close to where they can. No, don't fold it low. (laughs) Fold high. Learn that lesson. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that that's sort of one part of that question. But the other part is that for me, I started this system... 
I don't know if you and I've talked about it, but I've talked about it on some other um, episodes. The system of getting my giving my kids an area to look after. Yeah. And when I yeah now I had older kids when this started, but I think you, I could have started it quite a bit younger. So when we moved to where we live now, which was about twenty years ago, um, you know, my oldest daughter was I don't know fourteen or something like that. So I had you know some older kids, but I decided to give the kids each an area, and my plan was that they would keep that area. And then every, say, month or two weeks or whatever, I would switch the areas around. I just thought it'd be more interesting that way. And then they would learn, you know, how to tie yeah, different they area wanted whatever. to keep their own area, right? They wanted to keep their own area and they because they got really good at it. And so basically they kept the same areas the whole time they were living at home. And then when a younger sibling was kind of at a point to be helpful, I would say, okay, well, you go and help Lucy with the living room or you go and help Brianne fold the laundry or whatever. So I'd give them like a partner. And then as the kids got older, they continued those, you know, those areas. So we would do those usually say, like before we left the house, that was kind of part of the program. Okay, quickly go do your area. And then, you know, it would only take them two minutes, but it meant that we came home to a house that was reasonably tidy, right? So that was, I think, involving them was really important in them appreciating a tidy home, you know, a, a well-ordered home and not perfect. Perfect was never part of the program. Tolerable. <laughs> yes. And that's what I want, you know? And I think that right now I can get my oldest to help me do things. If he knows by helping me, he'll get to like, I'll, I'll play with him sooner. I'll be like, well, I'd love to play with you, but I really need to finish this yeah. task. So if you can help me, I can play with you sooner. And then he's all eager to, <laughs> yeah, my two year old is at the stage where he wants to help with everything and thinks it's super fun to help. So yeah. trying to channel that and keep that going as long as I can, because it's such a sweet yeah. stage. Um, but I think, I think, yeah. yeah, I, I, I have the, my intuition is keep things as simple as possible right now because they're never going to be this simple again, as hard as it is during the season of, you know, constant attention on them. I know my life yeah. is so simple. I mean, the other day I had to get, I had to mm -hmm. go somewhere relatively early in the morning for me, which meant I had to leave the house at seven 30, which we do not leave the house at seven 30, like ever. I had to get my, my oldest up cause he's been sleeping in super late lately. I think cause he's having some sort of growth spurt and I had to wake him up early. And I was like, I can't believe people have to do this every day, but earlier than this, like they have to get their kids up at six and wrestle them out of, I was just, Oh, I was just so thankful <laughs> that I don't have to do that. And yeah, it's just such a gift to have the simplicity of like, there is nowhere we have to be in the mornings. We can just have slow mornings at home. And that is all that's necessary at this point. You know? Yeah. A few years ago, we had a friend who was interested in homeschooling. She had had her kids in school. She had seven kids. Well, when I met her, she had six kids. So they were very close together. I think the oldest was about 10. And they were in school. So she had like three or four were either in school or kindergarten. And she was making like three different stops to take kids to different places at different times because they started school at a different time oh or they finished at a different time. And so she spent her entire morning with her babies in the car because it wasn't worth it to go home again. But when she started homeschooling, she said that was the biggest change that she noticed was 
that mornings were so relaxed. They just got up when they got up and started school when everybody was up and had breakfast together or whatever. And there wasn't this Rush. panic yeah. to get out the door and the kind of the yelling and have you got your lunch and get your shoes and, you know, all that stuff. And she said it just changed everything that they, they just had this these peaceful mornings, right? And I, I had kind of, I think, taken that for granted, like I've never, I've always been a stay-at-home mom. You know, I had a short period of time where I worked when Brianne was small and I was a single mom. Beyond that, I've been a, a stay-at-home mom. And so, but I hadn't considered that particular aspect of it until she shared that with me. And I thought, wow, you know, I'm, it's a, it's a real blessing, you know, to be able to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I told my, I told my friends that Joseph has been sleeping in until like 8.30 or 9 lately. And they were like, what? <laughs> How was that possible? I was like, well, we don't have to be anywhere. So we're not in a big rush to go to bed at night. It's it's light so late here now during the summer. And once he figured out that fireflies come out at dusk, he wants to stay up until the fireflies come out. That's like about nine o'clock. And, you know, we're not trying to force him to go to sleep. So like he's just going to sleep later, waking up later. And it's great because I have so much more time in the morning to enjoy just having, you know, usually Nico wakes up earlier and it's amazing what a difference it makes to just have one child up for a couple of hours and then he's into the morning like that. Oh yeah. Well, and you get some nice time with them too, right? Yeah. 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 So you get special time with one of them. I get to talk to my <laughs> husband without being interrupted. Hey, did you? Times. Sorry. Go ahead. And it's so nice. <laughs> go ahead. Did you listen to that episode about sleep with Heather? I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, she's so lovely. I, I mean, she, she really, really resonate with you. I'm but sure she was well. so lovely, uh, you know, about just sort of respect, respecting the sleep patterns of kids. And I mean, they do change seasonally. Yeah. Right? And my, I mean, that is what I've noticed with my boys. They go to bed earlier in the winter, yeah. wake up earlier in the winter, go to bed later in the summer, wake up later in the summer. And yeah. I think most people are really like kind of shocked by that because their attitude is, well, no, kids have to go to bed at seven o'clock every night. And then they wake up every morning at like six or six thirty. Like that's just the way kids are, you know? And the real reality is that's kind of how we've decided they should be. The way that things have worked out from in my family with sleep, I can't just put my kids in a room and say, okay, good night, go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And then leave. Like, that's just not going to work. So, you know, we we really help support them to go to sleep. And so I'm not going to, like, wrestle with a child who's not tired for an hour. Yeah. You know, yeah. she really, she really speaks very um, beautifully about, about that. And uh, I just read something was this morning. One of the, uh, I think, um, Mariette, natural Catholic mom, this, I tried to share it. I couldn't, she's, she said every Every cross becomes lighter when you embrace it. And I don't know who where the quote is from. Oh, yeah. But every cross becomes lighter when you embrace it. And I thought, that is so true. As soon as we can say, okay, this season of order, of disorder, <laughs> this is the way it is right now. And this is the way I I need to respond to that. And this is my cross right now. It's suddenly, you you embrace it and it becomes a lighter, more beautiful thing. And you just you just don't get wound up about it anymore. And the same with sleep, you know, that it's, it's, it's the same thing that this is this cross for me right now that maybe my kids aren't done by seven, 
but in, you know, in the winter, they probably will be. And, you yeah. know, this is just this moment in time and, and why fight it? I'll just embrace this particular challenge. And then suddenly all the stressors are gone and then sleep is just way easier. They go to sleep easier because you're not stressed out about the sleep. Because they right? can feel the stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, such a beautiful thing. And so again, you know, sleep plays into the order question too, right? Yeah. Like just, you know, what is, what does order mean? What is it? Right? Yes. Yeah. Should we wrap up there? I think so. Thank you so much. Okay. Oh, thank you. That was lovely. So have a wonderful rest of your week. And we'll talk in the next few days. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Bye. Bye.